Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. About four and a half minutes into the third period, Carolina leading Calgary 4-2. Three and a half minutes into the second period, Capitals and Blues tied 1-1. Oilers practice today. Kyler Yamamoto left the ice just as practice was starting. Positive COVID test from a rapid test this morning. So uh, he'll get retested. We'll see what the result is tomorrow. The Oilers are going to skate again at Rogers Place, getting ready for the Senators on Monday. Dylan Holloway out there on the ice. Uh, of course, uh, McDavid, Ryan, and Barry not practicing. They're still in COVID protocol. Should be eligible to return to the team on Sunday. That is the lowdown there as we welcome back to the show the most famous graduate in the history of Bonnie Dune High School. It is Blake Dermott on the line. Blake, how are you doing? <laughs> Just fine. I don't know if I'd go that far, but... Uh... <laughs> well, I can't think of any other famous people from Bonnie Dune High School. Now, I did not grow up in Edmonton, so maybe I don't know the high school scene very well, but you've well, got to be up one. there. Here's one for you. The, uh, the interim uh, general manager, the interim president of the Edmonton Elks, is from Bonnie Dune High School. Uh, Alan Watt. Alan Watt, yes. Okay. Who else? Uh, <laughs> uh, there's a couple other guys. <laughs> if you went Some to Bonnie Dune High School and you're famous, though. text us. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the other really good ones didn't graduate. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, this was because uh, it's now Vimy Ridge. Is that the progression? Yeah, it's been Vimy Ridge for, for quite a while, yeah. For a long, yeah. For a long time. Now, did you live... Near Bonnie Dune, did you you know? Did you walk to school or did you bus or what? what how did a young Blake Dermott get around? Oh, my um, my mom and dad had a house uh, literally uh, on the corner, seventy uh, ninth and 89th, and uh, Bonnie Dune was uh, one block away, about nine houses away from uh, our house. We were right on the corner, and uh, it was a meeting point for many uh, of our schoolmates during the years that we went to school. My brother was a year older than me, and and uh, and I had uh, sisters that were younger, and so. Uh, there was hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of lunches eaten at our house uh, uh, because we were so close to the school. <laughs> That's awesome. And what did you play besides football? Uh, I I don't know if there was a sport I didn't play other than lacrosse. Uh, it, in high school, I played. I was track. I did uh, I did track, shot put, and discus. I played rugby. I did. I didn't play uh, basketball or volleyball in, in high school. I, I did that in junior high. I didn't play volleyball in junior high. But I, I uh, yeah, I played softball. I you know, uh, I, I did uh, some of the sports you couldn't do because they were in the same season. And so uh, like volleyball was obviously impossible to do because of football. But uh, no, I tried to do as much as I possibly could when I was in school. And, and got high marks as well as doing all that in athletics. Well, I got marks good enough to get into university mind you uh, i think at that time all i needed to do was fog up a mirror but uh, uh <laughs> <laughs> what was it uh, ron lancaster used to say yeah they'd stick a mirror under your nose and tell you to breathe a couple times and it didn't fog up and to jump on your chest until it did so <laughs> uh, <laughs> I would just say that the uh, the requirements were considerably lower than they are now so 
Well, it worked out pretty well for you. So that's yeah, uh, that's yeah. that's good. So, uh, yes, going back to Bonnie Dune uh, with Blake Derber tonight on Inside Sports. Hey, uh, a few things I want to talk about with you. We So we just saw, I mean, the Elks had a really bad season. The Oilers uh, came out flying. They were 16-5. and five. Now they have two wins in their last 13. I know you followed them pretty closely as well, and you're hearing all the uh, criticisms and, and tip under fire, but, you know, casting came out today and said, well, we're the same team. We were humble when we were winning and we're, we're feeling humble now. Um, but what, like, is it, is it stressful going to work? Like do, even when you're practicing, do you do you kind of feel it? Is it always there when you know you're in the middle of a long losing streak? If you're an athlete? Well, let's, let's look at, uh, let's look at the reality of this thing. I mean, um, we all know that the, the um, the Oilers are, are a very top-heavy organization with respect to the players. They have two of the, the well, the two best players in the, in the world are playing on their team, and then there can be a big uh, big first step to the next level guys. And, and and for the last five years, all they've all people have ever been complaining about is their third and fourth lines. Uh, we got to get more production at third and fourth lines. Well, when you're paying those guys the kind of money that they're paying, it's difficult to find that kind of production at the at the amount of money that they have left over. So. So that's an issue. Then you start seeing, uh, uh, you know, that this year their their defense seemed to take a big step forward earlier in the year. But then you start seeing the injuries and the the lost time due to COVID. And and if people people can kid themselves and saying, well, oh, you know, other teams got to do it. But I tell you what, when you're when you're structured the way the Oilers are, and you start losing some key components, it doesn't take uh, it doesn't take a lot for them to start losing games and losing games bad and losing games close. And uh, yeah, they, they're, they're going to have to work themselves out of this, and getting getting healthy is going to be a big part of it. I just hope that they they don't find themselves in too big of a hole that they can't get back into the fight. Because when they have their personnel playing, they're a very good team. But this is a team that is 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 thin uh, with respect to depth, and you don't have to go very far around the league to be able to hear that from from any of the experts. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I, I, I here's the thing I wonder too, though, Blake, and, and I understand what you're saying. I, I mean, okay, McDavid and Drysdale make a lot of money. They got Nuge, they got Hyman, um, and then they got a lot of guys making a million and a half, league minimum, you know, a million bucks. But also some nights they don't play very much. So, you know, I, and, and I'm, I've been doing it. Rob and I have been doing it. Well, the, the depth players don't score, but some night the, de- the depth players get eight or nine minutes. I mean, so is, is it a chicken or an egg thing? I mean, to bring football into this, I could sit here and say, well, this running back only got nine yards rushing. He needs to do more. And he might say, well, he only had three carries. What do you want me to do? Yeah. Get 30 yards a carry, right? <laughs> no, I, I, I agree with you. It, it, is a, it is a chicken and an egg thing, but... But I guess um, uh, that's that's the problem that they have. I mean, the 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 organization is is starving for victories and starving for wins, and and you know that your top guys can 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 uh, handle the minutes. So you want to feed them those minutes. But sometimes it doesn't matter who you are in the world. Sometimes you don't have great days, and uh, and and even when you do have good days, you need supporting cast around you to help you with those good days. So. So if they're not getting if they're not getting support, then that doesn't mean goals. That means you know the hitting, the tempo, the forechecking, all of those kinds of things. Drawing penalties. Look, I mean, looking in the last uh, number of games, how many penalties that they've actually drawn? And it's yeah, hardly any. It's ridiculous. They're, they're not drawing any penalties because they're because of uh, uh, and that's not necessarily because of uh, uh, Drysaddle and and, uh, and McDavid. Uh, it's it's because other guys gotta they gotta pick up their pace and work. They don't have to necessarily score goals, but they have to get themselves into a situation where they are helping the team. And and the other thing, let's let's talk about this in the last four or five games, maybe six games. 
how much filthy bad luck that they have had. Like in the last game, the puck gets shot wide and it goes, it bounces off the boards and goes in off Smith's foot. Um, how many shots have gone in off defenseman's feet? How many shots? Like it is, it is like the, a season's worth of bad luck in goals right now has happened to this team over the last 11 games. And, uh, and eventually that stops. Eventually it starts to go the other way. And uh, like I said, I just hope that they, they reach a point. I mean, I'm a big fan of this organization and the club and the players, and, but I just hope that it reaches a point in a very short period of time where it turns around and they're not in too, big, too deep of a hole. Yeah, I mean, I was saying earlier, in terms of points, they're still in a playoff spot. In terms of points percentage, they've dropped down into ninth. Uh, I mean, to me, if you even if, even if once you're in the second half of the season, I think even being more than four points behind a team is a lot, right? Because you got to win three in a row, they got to least lose three in a row, and then you got to keep going after that. I want to turn to the Elks here. Okay. Uh, offensive coaches. Stephen McAdoo's the OC. You got Marcus Howell back, uh, running game coordinator. Jarris Jackson's going to coach the quarterbacks and be the passing game coordinator. Stephen McAdoo is an interesting one to me, Blake. And you and I talked about him back in 14 and 15. Uh, were they too conservative? Did they focus too much on just not turning the ball over and making big plays? You know, I, I've even asked Darius Bowman about that in the past. And he said, well, it's not really fair. Like Coach Jones wanted to score points. You know, he wasn't all about just turnovers and defensive <laughs> defensive touchdowns. Having said that, that reputation with McAdoo lingered a little bit when he was with the Riders as well. What what, yeah, do, you, what do you think here? I, I think I think you're right. I think that reputation did did linger when he was with Saskatchewan. Um, and uh, and but here's the thing about uh, Stephen McAdoo and his philosophy is that. We are going to win games if we have the ball longer than the other team does. And, and if we can keep our defense off the field, that means their, their team isn't going to score. Um, and so what, what, I, what I always liked about what he did was, and, and you know, certain, there's a certain level of frustration for fans and that, from fans and that he didn't stretch the field as much. But you and I have talked about this so many times. I don't know what the calls are. I don't know what the, you know, what the, a lot of times the decision is made by the quarterback where to put the ball. So, so the decision by the quarterback could be to, uh, and Mike Riley was really good at this, to stretch the field or to hit the, hit the, the, uh, the bubble screen. And, and they used to go vertically, uh, or sorry, uh, horizontally a lot with their screen passing. And, and I think that was because those were, you look at a play and it's success and percentage uh, of success that's what Stephen McAdoo does. He's, he's a very high percentage type of a, a, a play caller. He wants to make sure that whatever we do, we hang on to the ball. And if that means getting there in three plays and at four yards and one at two yards, then that's what we're going to do. But we're going to try to keep the ball as long as possible. I think when you are not winning games, uh, and this is what I think happened to him in Saskatchewan. I think it's Saskatchewan after uh, Chris Jones left. Uh, he was gone, and uh, he was gone because I think there was a certain amount of frustration with the fans who felt their team was better, and they needed to score more, and they wanted to see offense and all those kinds of things, and, and the pressure got to the point where Stephen Matthew wasn't there anymore. Um, but uh, I think he was a, he's, a, he's a sound offensive coordinator. He's a sound coordinator, especially when you don't have a Mike Riley you don't have like I mean, people. We got to look at what the what the Elks have in their in their stable for quarterbacks. You know, there there is no uh, guy that's going directly into the uh, CFL Hall of Fame that's sitting there right now. I mean, maybe there will be, but they don't have that. So they've got to come up with a scheme and a and an offense that is going to be as high percentage as it possibly can to allow this team to have the success that they didn't have this past year. And I think Blinky. he's the right guy. 
Blake, can you hang on the line? Because I want to ask you about Antonio Brown and uh, get your thoughts on on the NFL playoff yeah, picture sure. as well. Yeah. Okay, Blake Durbin, more with him when we get back to Inside Sports. Janie's crying. We're taking requests on the text line. What Van Halen song do you want to hear coming back from break? Blake Dermott joining us tonight. Van Halen would have been big in uh, your prime, eh? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Van Halen was big. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're really taking you back to high school, your early musical interests. Uh, this is fun. Oh, today. no. <laughs> There was okay. a song that came on the radio the other day, and, and uh, my wife said that, yeah, that reminds me of football games, and I can't remember. Oh, Thunderstruck. Oh, Thunderstruck. We, we used to come running out onto the field with uh, to Thunderstruck, and, and uh, that's <laughs> that takes awesome. me back. <laughs> that's awesome. Okay, uh, like this was bizarre. People have seen it. Antonio Brown from the Buccaneers, straight out of slap shot, taking off some of his uniform mid-game, dancing around on the field, and then kind of the... You know, he says Arians cut him, and Arians says the coach of the Bucks obviously says oh, that's not exactly what happened, but he's he's off the team. I mean, this is like that is super bizarre, Blake. I wonder what you were thinking when you saw this. Well, I, I didn't actually see it live. I uh, I did see it uh, shortly after it had happened because I, I think it was uh, um, they 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 flashed to it, and and I just. Uh, um, the only thing that I can say, and it's been brought up by a number of people uh, since that time, is that you, all you have to do is look at the history of uh, Antonio Brown over the last four years. And there's a lot of things that are not right with his behavior and his uh, and his actions. And then at the end of the day, um, uh, Tom Brady comes on and, and basically says, you, you gotta, you know, you gotta have compassion for this guy because he's going through an awful lot of stuff, and uh, so it tells me that there's a lot of issues that's going on with him. And uh, um, he's a uh, nobody will argue that he's a fantastic football player, but as a human being right now, this is a guy that needs help more than he needs football. And uh, and you know, uh, it, he's uh, uh, good players have always had an, had the ability of getting second chances. Well, this guy is on what is now his third or fourth chance, so. I, I got a feeling that this is the end of the road for him, uh, but uh, he he needs some significant uh, counseling or help to be able to uh, uh, help him with the issues that he's dealing with. Yeah, I mean that was just such a a bizarre thing to to see, right? But yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, you 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 think that that's probably going to be it for a team taking a chance, and hopefully he's able to live the rest of his life. The NFL playoff picture is going to be ironed out tomorrow. So some really interesting scenarios. I mean, the Sunday nighter is going to be for a playoff spot, so that's pretty cool. Uh, the New England Patriots, who you cheer for, and as I always bring up where you're on the show, it did not start with Brady and Belichick for you. You've gone back to a lot of the days where they weren't very good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they got a chance at the number one overall seed here. We'll see what happens with Buffalo, and then obviously Kansas City and Tennessee could have a say in this as well. I, I mean, is this... Not that he wasn't already considered the greatest or one of the greatest coaches of all time, but now that they went through that year without Brady and, and they're back right in there for the top seed, I mean, is this... I'll, I'll put it to you this way. Is this Belichick's greatest accomplishment this season, even if they don't win the Super Bowl? Um, well, I, I don't know if it is or not. I, I, I think that... Uh, I think he's 
right from the beginning of the season, he's made some outstanding decisions. And the first one is uh, is at the quarterback position, uh, you know, making sure that he's the, the, the going deciding to go with a rookie. And this rookie has turned out to be everything that everybody thought he was going to be. And uh, and I think, uh, you know, his defense has been very strong all year. It's played really well. But, you know, they, you're, you're right. They have a chance. So it's I think it's a slim chance to to get the overall uh, they, they've got a they've got to beat um, uh, Miami who's uh, been playing very very well lately and uh, Buffalo's got to beat the Jets who've only won four games all year so and so that's and then of course you know with Kansas City and everything else you know they uh, I'm just thinking about even within their division to get number one in their division they they got a tall order but they, they have clinched the playoff spot and frankly I don't know if I want to play against the Patriots in the playoffs because they seem to always do well in the snow and uh um, that's what you're going to see when it comes that time of the year. So I, I, but that's, I think, I think for me, the two big games that I'm going to be interested in, of course, is Pittsburgh or Baltimore. Right. Uh, that's, that's a huge one. And then, uh, San Francisco, LA Rams. I think that's going to be, that's the other one that's really big for me. That gives San Francisco a chance to get into the playoffs and, uh, and, uh, L.A. Rams uh, is has you know they they they've sort of been up and down but they've had such a great season. Uh, uh, it's going to be interesting to see those two games. Those are the two big ones for me. I, I got a buddy who's a big San Francisco fan, so I always follow them pretty closely. And yeah, like the Niners have have done well to get to nine and seven, but then I was looking, they have to win, uh, and and which is no easy task against the Rams, and then they have to have the Saints lose. I mean, Atlanta's seven and nine, but to me, they seem kind of like a not very good seven and nine. You got to like, yeah. you got to think the the Saints have a pretty good shot there. Yeah, no, I well, I think you're right, but I mean, you can't you can't uh, you can't get into the playoffs unless you unless you win. So that's why it's it's important for San Francisco to go out there and just do what they have to do and take. Because the other thing you got to worry about too is like, and and this could come into it. Do you have the Rams sitting there going, you know, we've we've got we've got it clinched uh, the first place? Do we? Do we rest some people? Uh, do we make sure that we've uh, we're going you know, we're going to have at least one home game? I don't know if they have an opportunity to get uh, first overall. I don't believe they do. So they no. I think they can only yeah. They still got to win the division. Yes, over the Cardinals. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, I don't. Yeah, I guess they 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 will play all their guys, but uh, um, at some point, um, do you do you, uh, do you do you worry about guys being rested? And, I, and that's a big thing that uh, that always seems to happen in the last games of the season, where there's always somebody does a somebody has an upset because somebody they're not going to be able to improve their chances or their playoff positioning, so they decide to rest one or two guys. And, and, and it's it's always interesting this time of the year when that happens. But there's enough good races that uh, that going to be interesting this weekend. Blake, uh, I probably got you sentimental to go grab your Bonnie Doon yearbook from your graduating year. I'll let you get to that, buddy. Well, we just had our 40th anniversary a couple of years ago, so it's still fresh in my memory. <laughs> oh, awesome. Okay. See you soon, man. <laughs> okay, talk to you later. That's Blake Dermott on Inside Sports. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.